Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From Minneapolis to New York to D.C. to Atlanta to California, riots across our country. Why? Because George Floyd was killed by a cop over what? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. George Floyd was killed by a cop. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Take a listen to this. More tense clashes around the country, including this standoff at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, where a police car burned as officers pepper sprayed the crowd. And in Detroit, demonstrations turned deadly when someone fired shots into a crowd, killing a 19-year-old man. Officials say police were not involved. From Louisville, still reeling over the death of 26-year-old Breonna Taylor, killed by police officers as they served a narcotics warrant. It's like directly at us. Where NBC affiliate Wave 3 reporter and crew came under fire from police. To San Jose, California, protesters there flooding a freeway, smashing windows with drivers still inside before clashing with police. And Cincinnati, where protesters stormed the area's justice center. Calls for justice echoing through city after city, while amid the escalating tensions, many are hoping the message does not get lost. It keeps happening. No matter what's done, no matter how many protests, it keeps happening. It's always been happening, but now it's just recorded. That's why it's getting seen more. Our friends at NBC today, that was Blaine Alexander detailing the riots that are taking over and tearing our country apart. Why? Over the death of George Floyd. What really happened? And how is looting a Gucci store going to fix it? You know, you got two theories. You've got the MLK theory, peaceful, nonviolent protests. You got the Malcolm X theory. They're not listening, so violence is necessary. What is the answer? How many lives will it take? Let's just start at the beginning. Joining me in all-star panel, New York lawyer Jason Oceans. 
Karen Stark, New York psychologist at KarenStark.com. James Shellnut, 27 years, Atlanta Metro Major Case Division. SWAT, now lawyer at ShellnutLawFirm.com. Professor Forensics, Jacksonville State University, death investigator, author, Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, Joseph Scott Morgan, and Sierra Gillespie, investigative reporter, CrimeOnline.com. Everybody, take a listen to this. For 31 years, Cup Foods has been a part of the South Minneapolis community. We don't just work in that community. That is our community. We know the community. It's a vibe that is unmatched to any other community. It's the best Thing that's happened to our family. The family-owned business has come under fire after a phone call to police about the passing of a counterfeit $20 bill. The staff that called the police followed protocol. When he identified the bill was fake, the patron was out of the establishment. When the police arrived, he was outside of the establishment, which normally never takes place. Why he was still there, we're not sure. Most of the time when patrons give us a counterfeit bill, they don't even know it's fake. So when the police are called, there's no crime being committed. They just want to know where they got it from. And that's usually what takes place. It's hard for me to imagine all this started over a $20 counterfeit bill. Having prosecuted violent felonies for my whole legal career, almost, I, I would never even assume there'd be an arrest over one $20 bill. But why is Cup Foods falling under attack? They got a counterfeit. They call cops. That's what they're supposed to do. And to you, Sierra Gillespie, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, I imagine the reason George Floyd was still outside was either A, he didn't know he had used a counterfeit, and he, I believe, bought a pack of cigarettes and was having a smoke. I imagine that's what happened. But fill me in, Sierra Gillespie. How did the whole thing start? All right. So it was pretty basic, as you said, he was outside. Nothing really was going on at the time. I mean, he was just kind of hanging out in a vehicle with a couple other people when the officers arrived. And from what we've heard over and over again in the weeks since this happened, he wasn't violent in any way and he wasn't resisting arrest in any way. We've seen this on surveillance video and some of the video that bystanders there were shooting. He didn't resist arrest. He didn't put up a fight and he was going along with everything that the officers were asking. I overall agree with you 200%, Sierra. However, there was a struggle inside the police car. I believe they were transferring him from one cop car to another. So you can see a struggle in there. And according to reports, he was saying, I'm claustrophobic. He's having a hard time. I don't know that that amounts to a struggle. But there was some something going on in the car. Here's the other thing to Jason Oceans. Even if there was a brief struggle inside the back of the police car before he was taken out, that would still not justify what happened. Time had passed. The guy was laying on the ground face down. So any previous uh, resistance due to claustrophobia or whatever reason wouldn't matter. You're correct, Nancy. I mean, what you're taught at the academy or any retraining is that once you have the suspect under control, uh, that's it. You've got them under control. So as he's down on the ground with, uh, uh, you know, handcuffed, uh, at, at that point, if he was still being belligerent, you would simply carry him 
and place him in the uh, in the vehicle. But as you know, we another see, thing, it, Jason, at that point that he was violent. I can't really trust what I'm seeing in the headlines and on TV. I'll tell you what I found. It was on Washington Post uh, website, Jason, and they had gathered surveillance video from Cup Foods, um, where the counterfeit bill started from sidewalk video there at 38th Street, from people's cell phones, from all different surveillance videos. Oh, yes, and they threw in police and EMT calls. Uh, I believe it was mostly ambulance calls. And you can put together a timeline and really see for yourself everything that we know so far happened. I found that at Washington Post. Guys, from there, uh, this is where it starts going sideways. You are listening to CBS WCCO for Minneapolis, Reg Chapman. Now listen to Minneapolis Fox 9 KMSP. Listen. The initial 911 call about a forgery in progress came in at 8.02 Monday evening. Two officers walk across the street and approach opposite sides of the vehicle, which already had at least one door open. The officer on the passenger side shining a flashlight in the SUV as a man gets out. At that same time, George Floyd and one of the other officers on the driver's side begins to visibly struggle and the other officer comes to assist. Meanwhile, the man in the front passenger seat and a woman in the back seat exit the vehicle. At this point, Floyd is clearly cuffed and walked away from the SUV and seated on the sidewalk just as a park police vehicle pulls up to assist. Through body camera footage from the park police, we see officers taking notes, talking with witnesses, and things appear to be calm and routine. It did. It did. To James Shelnut, 27 years, Metro Major case, including SWAT, now lawyer, It all seemed okay. I watched myself where the cops go to the SUV where Floyd is sitting. They get him out. At first, I thought there was a struggle right there, but it looks as if they reached in and pulled him out and immediately handcuffed him. It was very quick. And James, then they walk him over to the sidewalk and sit him down. No problem. He's still cuffed. Would you agree with that procedure that far? Yeah, so far at that point in time, it's textbook. I do agree with it. I mean, I, I'm not sure why he had to be cuffed on a counterfeit 20. I don't know what was said inside Floyd's SUV that he was sitting in, but he got arrested. And so far, so good. He's cuffed. He's sitting on the sidewalk. No problem. Where does everything go sideways? Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Why are there riots? Because this guy was killed by a cop. That's why. The guy was down. He was no longer resisting arrest. Why did this happen? I am not taking this laying down. I am not taking it without a fight. Listen to KMSP. Floyd is then escorted across the street to the waiting patrol car. From there, we can see the struggle continue. It's unclear how much time passes, but next we see the witness video, which has now been seen around the world. Over the course of the next three and a half minutes, Floyd is heard saying, please, I can't breathe, or a combination of both, at least 14 times as people on the sidewalk beg the officer to get off him or the other officers to intervene. Bro, get him, get in the car, man. I will. Get him, get in the car. I can't move. I've been waiting the whole time, man. Less than three and a half minutes into the video, Floyd goes quiet. According to the Minneapolis Fire Incident Report, EMTs were called to the scene at 8.30, arriving two minutes later. Medics performed pulse checks several times, finding none. Floyd's time of death at HCMC officially declared at 9.25 p.m. In about an hour, it was all over. One hour. It's gone. Over what? A $20 bill? You know, I want to go back to you, Jason Oceans, New York defense attorney. The law is you cannot shoot a fleeing felon unless they're in the commission or you think they're in the commission of an ongoing violent or violent crime. You can't just start shooting. So why when this guy is laying face down on the street, why was he suffocated dead? I, I just, I don't understand it. And you know what broke, breaks my heart so much, Jason, is people are coming up. you got to look at that video I told you about at Washington Post. People are coming up going, hey, let him up. People are taking pictures and videoing and asking the cops to get off him. Uh, one cop, I think, takes his pulse right there and can't find a pulse. But nobody does anything, Jason. Yeah, that's the the shocking part uh, in in that aspect of the video is clearly you see him within procedure now secured, uh, face down, hands behind the back, cuffed. I mean, he he in that position was not struggling in any way, and and that's you know that's that's the disconnect right there. Why, if he is complying at that time, regardless of anything else that happened up to it. And, and we all agree he seemed to be compliant. Jackie here in the studio keeps waving notes at me that the COD is not suffocation. Um, 
Actually, Joe Scott Morgan, the family, has called in an independent autopsy, according to independent pathologist. And Joe Scott Morgan, let me jump ahead from where we are right now, but the official COD is a mixture. They're saying heart problems. Well, I mean, explain to me what the official COD cause of death is. Yeah, what they're saying, Nancy, is that initially, and this is just a preliminary finding because we don't have talks yet, what they're saying is that he did, in fact, have hypertensive cardiovascular disease, which... High blood pressure. Just so folks... Yeah, high blood pressure, but there's also, like, you can see that in the heart. What happens is is the heart muscle itself actually thickens, okay? Now, that's also associated with the heart disease, which, you know, people think about high cholesterol, those sorts of things. Well, yes, ma'am. Please, please. Yeah. I can see the man on the ground with a knee uh-huh. on his throat. Yep. And are you actually yep. telling me he died of a pre existing heart issue, high blood pressure? No, ma'am. Hennepin County Medical Examiner is saying that. And Do you right believe now, that? I... Am I supposed to believe him or my lion eyes? Just tell me, Joe uh, Scott. Please. It's well, like you shoot him and go, oh, yeah, he died of a heart attack. Uh, yeah, after well, you, you have shot to ask him. Your... You have to ask yourself the question, uh, would he have died under any other circumstances? Like if he had just been walking down the street, and I I probably, without the police intervening, if he's got this kind of severe cardiac problem, okay, or occlusion in his vessels, you, you pile on literally, not figuratively, but literally with this gentleman, his system is already compromised to this point. So it's just enough to push him over the edge. And you have to keep in mind, Nancy, he's saying that he can't breathe. You already stated that he was a smoker in addition. So he's compromised from a respiratory standpoint. His oxygen uptake is compromised. So when you get him pinned to the ground like this, and we know that this is wrong, that you place your knee on somebody's neck, because you can cause neurological problems. You can break his bones in his neck. It just goes on. And not to mention you can suffocate him. But right now they're not saying that yet. What they're saying is, is that they're waiting for the tox to come in. Okay, now, so they're saying pre-existing blood, uh, heart problem. And they said about uh, that included in that was something that happened in police. What, impairment? What exactly are they trying to say? Well, I think what they're <laughs> the road that they're going to go down with this, Nancy, is actually a condition I know you've heard of before. It's excited delirium. And that is, it goes back, it was actually first identified back in the 1800s. And what this means is that, you know, let's go back to what he said. I'm claustrophobic. I'm claustrophobic. That's an indication that this guy has got something going on in his mind. I'm claustrophobic by nature. I don't like to be in tight spaces. You pin somebody down, and now you're blowing their blood pressure and their pulse rate up. You're reducing their oxygen uptake. It is a lethal combination. The problem, you know, he's compliant. The police are not compliant in this. If they were actually taking time, the most striking thing about this entire thing is that the officer is sitting there, uh, you know, on in the street with this with George on the ground and his knee is on his neck, and it's very nonchalant. He's got his in the army we used to call that he was John Waning. He's got his hands in his pocket with his knee, and he's just kind of casually looking around. And this man is begging for his life, and suddenly he goes silent. 
They don't get anything else out of him after he's actually calling mama, 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 Okay, now mama. you knew how to get to me. To thank Karen Stark, psychologist joining me out of New York, this grown man in his last minutes is calling for his mother while a knee was dug into his neck and of all people by a cop. I mean, you know, Karen, I will bend over backwards to support the cops, to support our justice system, to support prosecutors and try to understand why they do what they do. I cannot support this. I get the riots. I understand why everybody's crazy, angry. I don't get uh, looting Gucci or any other store. I uh, contacted my, my longtime friend, you know her well, Eleanor. Eleanor Odom that I prosecuted yes, with. Yes, I do. In D.C. Guess where they were? Right before we went to air. She and her husband, Peter, were walking to their church because it was attacked last night. And they're trying to go over there and help fix it. Now, I don't know how that's honoring Mr. Floyd, but I do know why everybody's angry. The fact that he's calling out for his mother, I mean, what they couldn't hear that? But as you could tell, Nancy, they might have been able to hear it. I'm sure they heard it. But this guy, I like what Joe, Joe said, that it, it had to do with him having this John Wayne stance where he could care less what he was saying. And the fact that he was calling for his mother tells you he was dying. He was desperate. I heard my own mother call for her mother when she was really, really in pain. As for the violence, it's not a surprise to me. When you take huge crowds of people who are frustrated and filled with hurt about the way they've been treated in the system, about racism, discrimination, and you have them in this tense environment, so many people, it's inevitable that violence is going to occur. Either the police will react and they'll respond to that, or their frustrations will boil over. It's a crowd mentality. It's very different than an individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The death of 46-year-old George Floyd has sparked protests and violence all across our country. And it's easy to say that the violence and the protests are tearing our country apart. But what about, as I see it, the murder of George Floyd? Video surveillance is showing in a, a struggle, in a struggle with police in the back of the police car before being pulled out. Now, many would argue, let me go to you, James Shelnut. You were 27 years uh, Metro Major case detective, SWAT, now lawyer. Many are arguing, well, he put up a fight in the back of the police car. All right? That's bad. Don't put up a fight against cops. But my point is, once he's pulled out and put on the ground in handcuffs, he's subdued. Why, why did it have to go further than that? What should the cop, what should the cop have done, Shellnut? Well, I, I don't understand why you take a combative individual out of a police car anyway. I understand that sometimes Ooh, people try to kick windows out of cars. That's a good point. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've had windows get out of the back of cars where yeah. I put people in the back of cars. I get it. I understand. That's just a bad idea to me. You know, there, there's ankle restraints and leg restraints to prevent people from doing that. That's a bad idea. But number two, once you take him out and you put somebody on the ground and they're on their stomach, it is not very difficult to control that person if they are handcuffed. You know, there's simple techniques such as, you know, raising the wrist up in there a little further. It doesn't take putting your knee on the back of someone's neck to maintain control of a man that's on the ground. I just, I, I can't fathom under what training scenario or what real life scenario that that would be appropriate. Take a listen to our friends in Minneapolis. This is WCCO4, Christiane Cordero. Floyd was arrested around 8 p.m. for forgery, a nonviolent crime that implies he tried to use forged documents at a nearby deli. Officers say he resisted arrest before this person started filming. You can see him struggling, saying, I can't breathe. Another officer faces the crowd the whole time. What you cannot see is what happens four minutes in. Floyd appears to go unconscious. The MPD officer holds his knee on him for another four minutes until he's pulled onto a stretcher, then taken to HCMC, where he died. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry saw this entire video, called it wrong on every level. This does not reflect the values that Chief Arredondo has worked tirelessly to instill. It does not represent the training we've invested in or the measures we've taken to ensure accountability. We're learning more about what happened inside the Cup Foods. Back to Minneapolis WCCO, this is Esme Murphy. County Attorney Mike Freeman was overheard telling a reporter that all four police officers had invoked their Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination and were not cooperating. Police also released the transcript of the 911 call from Cup Foods. The 911 caller says a man gave them fake bills and that the man is sitting on his car because he is awfully drunk and he's not in control of himself. 
The 911 caller seems more concerned about the man than fearful, telling the dispatcher he's not acting right. Now, the medical examiner announced this evening they are waiting on lab results for a final determination of cause of death in this case. Legal experts say the cause of death is critical because if it turns out to be asphyxiation, that and that video would make prosecutors' jobs much easier. Let me understand something. Inside the cut video to Sierra Gillespie, investigative reporter, CrimeOnline.com. Sierra, in the uh, video, we see him lying there flat, not moving. But in Cup Foods, they say he was acting strangely. What do we know? Yeah, Nancy, he was acting a little bit out of the norm of character. We are still waiting on toxicology. We touched on that a little bit. So people are kind of at a question mark here. What was really in his system? He could have I don't know, represented a little bit of a drunk person at times, kind of fumbling around a bit, but it was nothing that was belligerent in the store. It was nothing that was cause for, we need police here right now because we're fearing for our danger. It wasn't something like this. It was just more, mm, this guy isn't really right right now. We have this $20 counterfeit bill. We need to call police because that's kind of protocol. Uh, apparently, weaving, having difficulty walking, and that was before 911 was called. But it seems to me, Joseph Scott Morgan, that if you were drunk, or uh, if you had been drinking, that you'd be even easier to subdue. It's not like he was belligerent or angry, not an angry, uh, agitated drunk, but a as an unsteady on your feet drunk, if that that makes it seem like it would be easier to subdue him, Joe Scott. Yeah, if if that, in fact, is the agent that we're talking about from a chemical standpoint, if it's if it's something other, it could trigger another response. So that's why they're waiting on tox. Well, it's not necessarily completely why. Tox is interminably slow, as you well know, uh, you know, in dealing with these cases. And they're going to do a standard panel on him, Nancy. They're going to look not only for a BA, which is the blood alcohol level, to see if that was on board, but they're also going to look for standard things like opiates. They're going to look for benzodiazepine. Uh, They're going to look for cocaine metabolite and even THC. All of that stuff will be covered. I think that they're going to fast track this. I would imagine this isn't going to be like, you know, in the old days where we had to sit around and wait and wait and wait and wait. And there's also a political aspect of this. Um, I'm sure that the DA, the prosecutor, the police, and the ME are all going to meet before this information is, is released. And my fear is, is that if it doesn't say what either side wants to hear, it's going to create a problem. But we have to be well, patient. I, we I have tell to, you, I've got a problem at this point trusting what anybody says. I'm glad we're bringing in an independent auto, uh, independent pathologist. Yeah, I am too. To Jason Oceans, so all the cops lawyered up and uh, took the fifth. Do I have Jason Oceans with me? In the meantime, while we wait to rehook him up, take a listen to CBS WCCO4 Minneapolis, Jennifer Marley. 
Department of Public Safety Chief John Harrington that came back up to the podium to let us know that Derek Chauvin is in custody. Derek Chauvin is a former Minneapolis police officer seen prominently on the video that has been seen around the world who is on the ground with his knee on George Floyd's neck. People have been calling for his arrest since seeing that video. They have been calling for his arrest, protesting, rioting in the streets of Minneapolis. Derek Chauvin is now in custody. We are being told that he was taken into custody by the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Let's listen to Chief Harrington delivering that news. I have just received information from Andrew Evans, uh, the superintendent of the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, that the officer uh, who has been identified as Derek Chauvin uh, in the death of Mr. Lloyd has been taken into custody by the BCA. Uh, we will be giving out further information uh, when we have it. At this point, we do not have any further information on charging decisions that will be coming from the county attorney. Learned a lot about the BCA there. They call it Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, not Fugitive Squad, BCA. Derek Chauvin, 44-year-old, under arrest in the death of George Floyd. Do I have Jason Oceans back? Jason, are you there? Yes, no. Okay, I don't hear him. So I'm going to go to James Shelnut on that. James Shelnut, sounds yeah, like here. the cops are all taking the fifth. Hold, hold on, Shelnut. To you, Karen Stark, New York psychologist, explain to me when you see a cop, you see Chauvin with his knee on the neck of Floyd, why do the other cops just stand there and don't do anything? Because they don't care, Nancy. They, I mean, this I is, think it's deeper this than that. Rampant. It's, I don't know that they don't care, but it's a fellow officer, so they're supporting what he's doing. They, they are. They even went. One of them went and checked and checked the pulse and knew there was no pulse. But it's a situation where I, I believe they're paralyzed. Not saying that it's right. Well, wouldn't you call it peer pressure? Exactly. It's their fellow officer. And so they are in a position where do they go against him or do they seem like they're supporting him and they're frozen. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we were talking about the death of George Floyd, unarmed. Mr. Floyd dying, his face down on the pavement after telling cops repeatedly, reportedly 14 times, I can't breathe, and calling out for his mother as bystanders stood by, begged the cops to stop. They didn't stop. Now he's dead. What about the other cops involved? What's happening with them? Take a listen now to our friends at KSTP ABC. Maya Santa Maria says the two men worked for her as recently as last year. She says she does not know if Derek Chauvin and George Floyd ever actually spoke to each other. The first time she saw this video, Maya Santa Maria says it took her a moment to make the connection. My friend said, this is your guy, the guy who used to work for you. And I can say it's not him. And then they did the close up. And that's when I said, oh, my God, that's him. She says now former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin worked security for her at El Nuevo Rodeo for 17 years before she sold the club just months ago. He sometimes he sometimes had a real short fuse and he seemed just uh, afraid when there was an altercation. He always resorted to pulling out his mace and, and ever spraying everybody right away, even when I felt it was unwarranted. Even more surreal, Santa Maria says, is that George Floyd, the man pinned under Chauvin's knee on Monday night, worked for her, too. So what does this mean to Sierra Gillespie? They knew each other? I don't know that we can say definitively that they knew each other, Nancy, but they were in the same community. They probably may have even run into each other at some point ahead of this. But I think it's important to know what we just heard in that news package that Chauvin may have had a history with violence. She said that he always ran for his mace instead of kind of just talking things out. What we do know, he had been involved in several other officer-involved shootings over his time with the Minneapolis Police Department. And nearly 20 complaints were filed against him. Now, I looked into this. We weren't sure exactly what the complaints are, but I mean, 18 complaints over his 19 years with the department. That sounds like a lot to me. James Shelnut, is that a lot? It sounds like a lot to me, too. Yeah, I think that's a lot. You know, the the reality of it, Nancy, is that if you're doing your job as a police officer, you are going to get complaints. They're unavoidable. It's going to happen. If you do it long enough and you do the right thing and you step up and you enforce the law, people don't like getting arrested and people don't like the police. They are going to complain. That number of complaints is the number of complaints that as a police administrator, you start looking a little bit deeper into these complaints, the more cumulative they become. And you start wondering to yourself and start asking questions, do we have a problem with this officer? This is a lot of complaints. So now we know there are charges But listen to the charges. WCCO4, Minneapolis, Esme Murphy, listen. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has been charged by the Hennepin County Attorney's Office with murder and with manslaughter. County Attorney Mike Freeman left open the possibility of more charges against Derek Chauvin as well as charges against the other three officers. The investigation is ongoing. Uh, We felt it 
appropriate to focus on the most dangerous perpetrator. But we are leading the investigation. The announcement of a possible charge had been widely anticipated at a news conference yesterday. The fact that it didn't happen has been criticized for fueling the frustration behind last night's protests. We have now been able to put together the evidence that we need. Even as late as yesterday afternoon, we didn't have all that we needed. We have now found it. To you, Sierra Gillespie, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, what are the charges? So right now, the only officer that is facing charges is Derek Officer Chauvin. And he's facing third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. And these are kind of interesting charges here, third-degree murder. I don't think you hear that that often. And basically what that just means is he didn't intend to kill. Like he didn't wake up this morning with a premeditated, I'm going to kill George Floyd. It wasn't a situation like that. But when he was put in the situation, he didn't have any regard for human life. He knew that there was a risk and he just acted carelessly. To Jason Ocean's New York defense attorney, what does third degree murder mean exactly? Well, it, 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 it was described pretty well. I mean, it's, it's that that act that causes it. it's like a criminally negligent homicide i mean a, a reckless act without regard knowing that something it, it pulls away the intention uh it's a watered down murder charge uh in layman's terms what was the sentence uh, on a third from, degree i haven't looked into minnesota statute but I, I, I gotta uh, imagine third degree murder minnesota penalty jackie and Nancy, I will tell you this. Many states don't have a, a third degree. Yeah, they have that's my point. Second. A that's lot of people it. don't even have it because it's so watered down and it's so weak. And, you know, the reality is, Jason, you could say that about a lot of murders, the majority of murders. I didn't wake up that morning and mean to shoot my wife. It just oh, happened. Doesn't matter. The law, as I remember presumes you intend the natural consequence of your act, Jason. As I would tell juries, Correct. it's like taking a piece of fine china and then throwing it down onto a cement floor and then say, oops, I didn't mean to break it. No, you point a gun and pull the trigger. The law presumes you mean to kill. You hold your knee on a man's neck for this long. The law presumes you mean to suffocate him. Uh, a bit more nuanced right there. That's a good summation for the jury. Um, but Are you telling a, me a I'm bit wrong? More nuanced. No, I would never do that. I'm just saying it's a bit more nuanced. Uh, but you are right in that state. I, I, I can't uh, believe a third-degree murder. Jackie says it's 25 years, according to our legal expert, Google. Uh, Google, Google, and Google. So tell me about— Is that the maximum? Is that the maximum? Yes, What's the minimum that is that? the There's max. There's got to be the max right what's the minimum what's the min okay there's a nancy this is james there's a recommended 12 and a half and years a half. under their sentencing guidelines that this person could serve with no prior convictions no prior history and jack also while you're there um look up in minnesota put minnesota second degree manslaughter penalty so we're looking at 12 and a half to 25 on that why i mean shellnut you're not just major case or SWAT. You're also a lawyer at shellnutlawfirm.com. That's your website. I think you're a lawyer. So how is my argument just nuanced, nuanced? 
as Jason Oceans just said, it's dead on. That's the law. What does it say? Uh, up to 10 years in prison, however, most likely will serve five. Five to 10 on second degree manslaughter. So tell me what was wrong with that argument. Why is this not murder? One, shall not. I, I think that it could be. You know, you and I both know that uh, that that intent to commit a murder can be formed in the blink of an eye. Malice of forethought can can just be an instant, just a moment before this occurs. This went on for eight minutes. Maybe minute number one, it wasn't intentional. Maybe minute number two. Maybe minute number five. Maybe minute number seven. But I think that by the time you get to minute number eight, and this man goes from talkative to agitated to unconscious telling you that he can't breathe and you continue to put your knee on the back of his neck, that's a problem and you start to really get close to being able to meet that bird. Take a listen to Minneapolis News reporter Esme Murphy, WCCO4. This new charging document does contain a revelation. It says Floyd did not die of strangulation or asphyxiation. The document says Floyd had heart disease and that the combined effects of Mr. Floyd being restrained by the police, his underlying health conditions, and any potential intoxicants in his system likely contributed to his death. I'm speaking. The third degree murder charge is the same charge Freeman used to successfully prosecute Minneapolis police officer Mohammed Noor in the 2017 death of Justine Ruschik Damon. Noor is now serving 12 and a half years in prison. I don't believe it. Joe Scott, tell me if I'm wrong. I do not believe this guy died from heart disease, restraint, underlying health conditions and other intoxicants in the system, which they don't even know what those intoxicants may be right now. I, I, I don't believe that. The man's saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. He dies. I mean. Well, that's, that's the cool thing about having Michael Bodden come in behind them. Because right now, you know, they're saying that, that there's no evidence of, of strangulation, asphyxiation. And we know uh, just from years of talking about this, Nancy, some things we look for hemorrhage strap muscles of the neck, uh, does he have petechiae in the eye, all those things that go along with an asphyxial death, what Biden is going to do now, my understanding at least, is that he is going to perform or has performed a second autopsy. So what that means is that everything that was taken in Hennepin County at the medical examiner's office, he will be able to review. There's even an off chance that he will take a look at Mr. Floyd's body again in another location and he's going to be looking for trauma of the neck. He's going to look at this very carefully. You know, Biden was neck deep in, no pun intended, in the Epstein case. He was present for Epstein's. So he has a plethora, as you know, of experience in these types of deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even death. concerned about Biden's experience. I know Biden. He's a great M.A. I just, I want answers like everybody else. We wait, as God willing, Justice unfolds, no matter what it takes, no matter what it causes. The truth is what we're looking for. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org.
That's trinityschool.org. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.